Everyman Podcast. Everyman Podcast, Brother Jay. Big dog, what's happening? Oh man, you know another beautiful day. NFL films grinding like a everyman super excited about what we will yet discuss. Super excited, super pumped, primed, and ready. We're here. Another week, another pod on the Everyman Journey in the Cosmic Canoe. This week, we've got a bit of a earth shaker, a move maker, Miss Rachel Pricinger, the first every woman on the, first. the pod. On the P.O.D. On the POD, she's a she's a great a great young woman. Uh, Miss Rachel is uh, she's a, a production assistant. She is a project manager. She's a talent guru, um, and she she really laid it out for us today and kind of told us a little bit about her journey. And Daryl, you had met her, uh, you know, and, and as she started out on her every woman journey at uh, NFL mm-hmm. Films as an intern, and she obviously, um, you know, your your energy is connected, and it is yep. apparent. Um, you know, she's she's right in the cosmic canoe with us as well. And uh, we had an awesome conversation. I think there's a lot of really cool stuff that uh, she talks about and, um, you know, especially kind of navigating uncertainty. You know, that's something we all have to deal with, which is like, what the fuck am I doing? Dude, we talk about it all the time. It's not, it's not, I I, I don't want to say it's the ups and downs. I'd say it's the ups and not so ups. Right. And we, we go through... Uh, we, we we go through our life's journey from little toddlers to giant toddlers in the professional ranks, and um, I think that Rachel understands it. She gets it, and she she knows how to focus all of her cosmically positive energy um, into being the best, the the very best racial she can be which makes everyone else better and that's something one of the things i love about her one of the things i love about you brother jay and also one of the things i love about this podcast because that's that's what we preach every time you guys get a listen so and, and absolutely man it's all about the positivity it's all about the journey and like you said navigating the ups and the not so ups and and one of the biggest things um and we talk about it on the podcast is is how do you respond to, to when these moments in, in life are mm-hmm. tough and uh, rachel certainly gives us uh a great blueprint on how she handles it and uh you know man woman uh inner species interdimensional whatever it is Alien. She's got concepts and, and ideas and, and philosophies that are, you know, universal and, um, you know, really happy to share uh, her, her little bit of her story with us. And I know we're going to absolutely have her back on again. And, uh, you know, if you guys are enjoying the show, go ahead and give us a subscribe on your on your podcast subscribe. platform of choosing. We're on subscribe. Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on SoundCloud. We're on Stitcher. Yep. We're on absolutely. we're on everything. Anything, you know, if you type Everyman Podcast into any search box, you'll probably yep. find us, okay? Absolutely. Um YouTube especially. So check it out. Hang in there. We're going to be doing some more cool interviews coming up. We got some field trips coming up, so enjoy it. With that being said, Daryl, let's hit it to our first every woman, Miss Rachel Pricinger. Let go. Today on the Everyman Podcast, we have a very special guest. It is a historic day for the Everyman Podcast. We have the first every woman joining the show, Miss Rachel Pricinger. 
Here to walk us through her every woman journey from American Idol auditions to creating digital content in partnership with the NFL Players Association, ladies and gentlemen, Rachel Pricinger. Excited, a lot of pressure, but hey, we're yeah. excited to have you. Thank you so much for joining us on this uh, beautiful Sunday morning, Rachel. Ooh. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you? What are you doing? What's going on? Um, so I am a 26 year old lady currently residing. No, it's boring. Um, I live <laughs> in Sweetsboro, New Jersey. It's pretty cool. I don't know if I'll ever move from this part of Jersey because it doesn't feel like New Jersey. I know that's kind of lame to not really be a fan of your state, but it's very congested here. And down in Swedesboro, like, it's just farmland, you know, it's quiet, it's clean, it's pretty. And you got plenty of those little circles, uh, the traffic circles, too. Keep everything moving. But um, I'm married. Um, Joe's pretty cool. Shout out to Joe. What up, Joe? We have a lot of similar interests. Uh, We're gamers together. That's awesome. We're really into cars. We have an Evo 8 that we're fixing up, so it's been a lot of fun. We're going to come back to the gaming thing, because my girlfriend and I were big gamers together as well, so that is something very interesting to me. Yeah, um, but other than that, I'm just working my butt off, enjoying time with my family, getting ready for the colder weather, enjoying some football every weekend, and yeah. Sometimes every weeknight. It's starting to feel like sometimes sometimes so now tell us what you do now currently uh for for your profession so right now i am a freelance production coordinator i was working seasonally with nfl films um so now i'm kind of just learning a bunch of new skills with different companies i haven't really branched out too much because i had a four-week contract with the nfl pa's production arm uh, ace media co it was originally four weeks, and now I'm on week 23. So they kind of just kept me around for a while. Uh, but I've been learning a tremendous amount. I went from simply coordinating shoots, finding crew, organizing logistics such as travel, vendors, agreements, insurances, licenses, to now managing budgets and doing more of a production manager role. And I've been a post scheduler, which is pretty neat. I've been, I love editing. I've always been fascinated with it. I've never gotten really good at it myself. So it's been cool to work with editors and watch these projects come to life and kind of be the bridge between the clients and the editors and seeing everything go from the beginning, initial estimates and budgets, all the way to delivery. Well, the editing is really where the magic happens. And Daryl, that's a perfect segue to bring into kind of how you guys met because, you know, I've always been a big fan of, uh, I'm a big movie buff, TV, whatever it is. Um, And uh, when I started kind of getting involved in creating digital content, that's what I learned about editing and how how that is really where the narrative is made that that you remember, that that you are watching. And um, that's one of the things that's special about what NFL Films does is that they have found a way to create that narrative that everyone, the everyman can enjoy, uh, that they can relate to, uh, about the game of football. So what, um, what kind of work did you guys do together? Cause I understand you guys, uh, Daryl, uh, met you at films when you were, when you were there. So tell us how that came to, came to be. Yeah. We worked on a lot of podcasts together. I did you? Podcast. For podcasts. <laughs> Funny how that works out, isn't it? All uh, right. It's, it's like full circle, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, but Ray Ray was, I can't even say was, she still is a Jedi, but even here in NFL films, in the field ops football operations sector here at NFL films, I mean, she was a ray of 
just sunshine and rainbows and she just threw it on everybody she worked her tail off everything from top 100 to you know, any any show and, and any shoot that you can imagine she's been a part of and she just i mean just rocked it out so um i i think it would be really cool honestly ray ray if you just told everybody a little bit about your nfl films jersey we've been buds i call you my little sister i love your guts you know what i mean it's been since 2016 and i'm just so excited about you being on here just lay it on us ray ray tell us about everything from films to ace media co hit us with it um i think i just want to mention i gravitated towards towards DC just because he has this, the same type of personality I do. You walk into a room, you see a bunch of people, you want to make them happy. He comes flying through high fives, hugs, you know, and I, I kind of deliver dad jokes to make everybody laugh throughout the day. We kind of have our own way, but we love to create a really good environment. I think it's really good to have a work environment that you're comfortable in. You feel like you can go to anyone and that friendship kind of helps ease the worry and the stresses throughout the day. So I think we really bonded there. But uh, yeah, I started at NFL Films as an intern. It was it was fairly interesting going through the internship process because I remember interviewing for the producer's department internship. It was the one I close, I related closest to. And um, I remember halfway through the internship uh, interview, they had flipped the laptop around and shown me two departments on there. One was project management, one was field operations. And they said, which one do you like most? And I remember seeing project management listed, but I'd never seen that they had an internship opening in field operations. So I said, I really like this one, but I didn't know there was an, a spot for an intern here. They said, we've never had an intern in field ops, but we really think you'd be perfect for it. And that was really, really cool that they took the time to understand what my skills were and they saw them better fit for another spot. And so they just let me be the first ever intern in field operations. So that was really, really cool. They called the head of the department um, saw if he was up for it, he was, and that's kind of where I started. And yeah, I've been, I kind of reinvented the coordinator role in a way as I was at NFL Films. I worked within four different departments. I worked in project management because I handled every client job that came in. They called them um, kind of like babysitting jobs, but you're really a li- liaison between third party companies. We had the Ellen DeGeneres show shoot with us two times last year. We shot with ABC's The Bachelor last year. So I would go with their crews to make sure that they had all the access they needed. They were able to get everything they could. Meanwhile, maintaining all the restrictions that the NFL and specific teams have, making sure that everything just goes as well as possible. I also worked in football operations. I traveled every single weekend. Uh, you know, managing credentials for crew, making sure equipment got where it needed, all the all the b- small logistics that create a large list. And then I worked in town and player relations. I traveled for NFL's Top 100 all three years. We collected player ballots and really tried to engage players to participate because when NFL's Top 100 list first began, it wasn't quite interactive. A lot of players weren't up for it. They didn't think it was real. And that's kind of what slowed down the momentum because only a few people were voting. So, of course, the list was never really genuine to the year. And that kind of just kept progressing. So, no wait, the, because they didn't understand it. The players didn't want to vote because they didn't think the votes counted? Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It was a never-ending cycle. So, my second year, uh, we tried to be strategic. We found a lot of ways to get everyone to participate. The past two years, we've had over 1,100 players vote. So, it... It's finally starting to mimic the season. It's starting to progress. That was probably one of my most favorite accomplishments at films. 
And then uh, last I worked in field operations, operating as a coordinator. Wow. All right, I got to segue in here real quick, just so we yeah. can just back up just a couple seconds here, maybe maybe a couple minutes. So when we talk about the enormity, now Ray Ray, you're gonna say, ah, you know, it's just yeah, football operations, yeah, it's <laughs> kind of oh, travel every game, and then you know, there's a couple things there and there. So here's what it really is, which kind of blows my mind up, melts my face off. <laughs> there, basically, what she handles is it's it's high level coordination of. Our ground camera crews, uh, anybody involved with the shoots, game day, top ground, all those guys, all those gals. Um, and it's like that's just for one game. So if they if they need anything, if they if they, if if there are certain camera crews, members of the camera crew that are special specialized for a certain game, she has to know all of their information, where they are, where they're located on the field. And that's just for one game. Get them what they need. Make sure they're where they're supposed to be, and then also do this every week, 17 weeks plus, 16 games a week, with the exception of playoffs and Super Bowl, obviously, and basically work seven days straight on call, 24 hours, 24-7. That's like she's in a movie watching, let's just say, it too. She's, she's got to be available to, to leave that movie and go say, oh, well, you know what? Uh, one of our camera guys needs to FedEx him something right now. She's dropping a deuce. Brother Jay, you and I know about dropping Respectfully, a deuce of course. Respectfully dropping a deuce, right? Hey, I'm sorry. You're going to have to move that turtle head, bro. We need something <laughs> from you. That's what that is. 16 games every week has to be. And also, check this out. Uh, clairvoyant, you got to have this stuff handled three weeks ahead of time. Three weeks from now, there's a game. That shit's already handled because she did it. Ah, my brain is broken. It's broken right now. Can't function. I'm done. Outline me in chalk, Joe. Just, just <laughs> outline me in chalk right now. Just, well, and also, I'm sure, I'm sure dealing. And those are some of my besties. We have Molly, of course, DC, one of our babes, and Ashley. They kill it in the football ops world. They handle all those details. They create all those spreadsheets. I think the biggest thing in field operations too is a football life and you know what i mean all these shows that we're constantly coordinating interviews for and hard knocks all or nothing like all these large projects that are continuously rotating throughout the year the year flies on nfl films we're always so busy brother jay the one one of the reasons i love you so much is because you handle business bro and that's why you're my bro and when you handle when you put stuff together spreadsheet stuff because you're a big fucking dog man that's why i love you respect i'm pretty sure you got a lot of colors on your spreadsheet. oh dude i go i i got i my I, i'm like a spreadsheet guru i've got I, I i'm right now i'm doing like kind of i took a note from my girlfriend who's also she's a she's wicked with the spreadsheets but uh, i'm doing like kind of like a like a nice pastel theme right now for fall because it's like breaking up because in the summer I was kind of going with like That's those yeah like those That's nitro level. blues yeah. and the lime greens for the summer and now I'm kind of backing it off a little bit to get into my winter and then when I get to the winter spreadsheets that's kind of when I'll bring in that evergreen that dark that chocolate brown you know mm -hmm. what I mean a little bit of that salmon mm -hmm. just mixed in for salmon. yeah you just kind of you, you want to go with those warm hearty colors for the winter but yeah right now I'm doing like a pastel thing when, when, when you're when you're an expert 
at Excel and handling business and, and making sure everything is coordinated, you can get into the color game, right? Oh, you have when, to. When Ray Ray gets into that stuff, I'm sure when you get into that, you guys have no problems looking at that. I saw a spreadsheet, some stuff that you you did yesterday, and I almost had a fucking seizure. So, like, I don't know how you guys work with that stuff. Like, that's why you guys are in your world doing your thing. And then also, side note, why Ray Ray's awesome and why this everyman Cosmic new brother is so Critical. Think about this. We got a guest right now that's suffering from third degree burns, and she's still talking to us. That's right. We well, wanted to get to that. We, 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 we want to take this opportunity to kind of issue like a, a public service announcement. So, Rachel uh, informed us she had an incident with uh, with some hot tea, um, and uh, you know she got some she got some burns suffered on her stomach, and she powered through. And I just want to let everyone know we need control on the hot tea. We need hot tea control. So. If you are dealing with hot tea as you're listening to the Everyman podcast, make sure you put it down on a coaster. Watch out for those wood surfaces, of course. We don't want to leave any rings. But more importantly, keep it off your skin because it is serious shit. It'll send you. It'll send you. What, you're like, what do you... I knew it hurt, but in my mind, I was thinking, it's only hot tea. What damage could it do? So everyone's like, you just stayed and continued to work? And I said, yeah, I just figured hot tea couldn't possibly be that bad. I got home and went, oh, my God. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, yeah, so I just powered through at work, and then I didn't realize when I got home, like, my, my whole dermal layer fell out of my shirt. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> You get that new skin that'll be nice and soft. You'll be you'll be uh be back in action. It'll be good time. Good times. Pink and powerful. Pink and powerful. There you go. There you go. You know one one of the things we we talk about a lot here on the Everyman Podcast is um is waiting and finding your opportunity and and also being open to opportunity because that's something that I think a lot of people don't really understand when they're first getting into a professional world or if you're get especially if you're in a professional creative environment where you know you're, you're dealing with original content or artists or athletes whatever it is it's a, there's a little bit of a different touch to it and you know sometimes you go into an interview thinking like hey I'm here to do this I'm here to be the baker and then they're like yeah but you know what I think you'd make a great delivery guy because we really need our customers to have a good experience when they when they get their package and you're like well you know what I feel like that might be a little bit beneath what I want to do, but you do it and, and you learn. And, and there's never, when, when you're invested in an operation, especially something like NFL Films or something like a, a touring band like Dream Theater we've had on the show, there's no task that's too small to be done when you're a part of something big like that. And the fact that you had the awareness to look at those options and be like, well, I didn't know this is an option, you know, and this one might be more work, might be more difficult. I'm going to have to travel every weekend. You know, that's difficult um, and hard, hard to keep a family together doing that stuff. Uh, but you had the awareness to take that opportunity and make the most of it. And then once you're in it, you're finding ways to, you know, like you said, you reinvented that that coordinator role. And I'm sure now people are like, well, well, Rachel did it this way. And, you know, then and that's how you that's how you get real experience in uh in life is is when the opportunity comes take it even if it's difficult even if it's going to put you out of your way so you know i know that you from from a little bit about you know how you grew up you've you've always had to kind of take the road uh that's not easy and you know one of the things that um i'm interested in here is i know you said you 
when you when you went to school, you didn't really know what you wanted to do, and they gave you a couple of options, and one of them was a construction worker. So how did you go from that moment of being told by, you know, somebody who's supposed to know what they're talking about, you know, you're, you're a student, you're looking up to this administrator here, and they're like, yeah, by the way, young lady, says here you're going to be a construction worker. <laughs> or a plumber. Yeah, and I mean, like, so, like, how did you pivot? How did you keep, get your, your mental shit together there? to kind of uh, get back up on the horse and, and find something that, like, because you knew that wasn't right. Yeah, I, I think the first few years of college were really confusing because I knew what I was passionate about. I was really passionate about music. But from my understanding, you could go to school to be a music teacher or, you know, sound design. But that wasn't really what I was interested in. I think I was always like the girl who, you know, loved to sing. And you can't go to school to become a singer. Yeah, hi. I'd like to take the rock star course, please. I'd like to graduate and be a rock star. Let me take the classes and I'll be on TV. Yeah, yeah. I'll just do, I'll get, I'll get straight A's and then I'll, I'll be on tour. That's how it works. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't happen. So that was a little saddening. Um, so I picked nursing, you know, cause you help people, you're, you're going to find a job. And, um, I just, I wasn't feeling it after two years. I was getting it done. I was halfway there. And then we were going to start doing the labs where we got to, you know, poke each other with needles and I'm scared of needles and blood guys. I thought everyone told me you'll figure it out. You'll get over it. So I just kept pursuing it. But, um, I took this personality test at Rutgers Camden where I was going to nursing school and um it was a lengthy process so i was like wow this is really gonna get to know me you know and i got the results back the next day and it's a list of 100 career opportunities and yeah seeing construction worker electrician all these trades at the top i'm like i get it i probably would enjoy that i always kept thinking what did i answer to make it come to this (laughs) so i'm looking down the list and before I rip it in half, I notice halfway down the list, it says news broadcaster. Wow, well, that's not it. Not nude broadcaster. <laughs> yeah, it kind of sounded like you were saying that's nude broadcaster. <laughs> Let's just clarify that one. It's in uh, Europe. <laughs> yeah, it's a Spanish news channel. Very exclusive. El nude broadcaster. Oh that's so funny. Um, oh, so I saw that and I thought television. I thought that'd be extremely fun. I remember telling my mom, like, I really want to do something in football. And she said, well, you're not playing football. What else would you do? I thought, I was like, TV. So when I saw that TV matchup, I thought, football and television, this is it. So I made the jump to Rowan University and started my degree in radio, TV, and film. And that's that's it. The rest is history. You're just swimming <laughs> upstream from there. It was the hustle. It really was. Um, my I spent three other years. I did a victory lap, I call it, the fifth year. Um, cause I had a lot of making up to do. I did six classes, uh, at Camden County college and a few classes over the summer. I was swamped. And then when I got to Rowan, I, uh, started an internship with six ABC, which I was really excited about. I remember asking an editor at six ABC before, what does it take to get an internship at the number one news station in Philadelphia? And he said, I, I can't really tell you that you either have it or you don't. So not knowing what they were looking for, I went to Rowan and I just dove in and I jumped into the Rowan television network and I was directing, producing, writing, editing, camera operating, audio operating. I just thought of everything because I said, they're going to at least like some of this, right? And a semester into Rowan, I got that internship. And I think it's because I just went for everything. And uh, like we were saying before, it's valuable to take any type of job, you know, and I think it's really good to know every part of the process. But even as I was doing that internship, it was really, really hard. Um, it was unpaid. And um, at the time I was 21 and I just bought a condo with my husband. 
and you know you got bills to pay and i <laughs> i went to the internship from 8 30 in the morning till 5 30 at night i drove over to dave and buster's in philly and i bartended from 6 p.m till 3 a.m got home Jeez. at 3 30 in the morning slept a few hours and did it every day of the week on top of schoolwork and meanwhile i'm seeing these other interns with me that are you know well rested and you know <laughs> but that i was bitter for a little bit because it's hard not to be you know like why me you can play the why me game but the yeah. why me game isn't going to get me anywhere yeah. There's yeah, no, there's, there's no, nothing to really benefit from comparing yourself to other people uh, because yeah. you don't know, you know, and this is something I, I struggled with for a long time when I was younger um, due to some medical issues. And I was like, well, why can, why can he ride his bike, but I can't, why can't I go to gym class? And it's like, well, you know what? It's so, like you said, it's so much easier to just use that route and take that intellectual path. But when you can start thinking like, yeah, well, I can't ride my bike, but you know what I can do? I can start, you know, learning how to put music production together in, in this time. Mm -hmm. Like you just start, you start shifting. And that's something that takes a, um, a very mature uh, perspective and, and experience. And, you know, for you to at 21 to look at that and be like, you know what? Okay, this is like, this is the best I'm able to do with this and, and make it work. That's really, that's, that's why you're in the position you are now at, at, at a young age is because you were willing to put that work in from from the start yeah and it's the why me's that that don't make it unfortunately right. everyone that has all the excuses is why they couldn't have made it i have a laundry list you know what i mean and so does my family of why we had every reason not to you know succeed so i got flat feet damn it I, I do too, man. I got flinched on feet. I'm there like square, bro. Like, I mean, like there's just lines where the toes are. That's all there is. Like a, like a plank with some, some drawn in. Oh, man, dude. It's like, like literally that old wooden shoe they talk about. That's my shoe. Like, that's what it is. And he still made it to the NFL. So what's your excuse? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So that was, that was something else. It was a growing period for me watching all these other people, you know, come from a different background and obviously seeming more comfortable than me, but I got so excited with the idea that I'm going to beat you anyway. You know what I mean? There's this phrase to keep your competition, you know, 10 steps behind you. I couldn't even see mine anymore. That was my goal. I was just going to run it. And, it. you know, I just carried the right personality and I just focused on me and I, you know, it's so easy to just like beat other people up in your mind so you feel better about yourself. But really that's so toxic. You know, just really genuinely feel good about you and that will just radiate, you know, to other people. That's a good talking point because I notice a lot with women that I work with, if one thing goes wrong, they'll beat themselves up about it forever. Well, now they're thinking this about me, or maybe they think this. And meanwhile, that person could not even be thinking about it anymore. And one of my favorite things that I learn, I see a therapist. It's important for everybody, even if you don't think you, people think people that see the therapist are broken. No, you could see a therapist any day of the week. And there was a reason you did it. And there's a lot you'll find out about yourself, but what other people think of you is none of your business. And you know, for some people, you know, your family and people that are close, sure you can think more into it, but I, I've done it myself where I think a lot of women do it. You just think about what other people think of you all the time and it consumes you and it really does like hurt your progress in work and in everything. You're just consistently having your mind burn out over things that probably aren't even a concern to the other person you're worried about. Well, it's Can like, that? yeah, well, I, 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 I completely understand what you're saying. And I think that um, 
sometimes it's like I like to think of it as a, so I had a heart I had a heart problem when I was younger and it's still something that I that I have to be conscious of and I learned at an early age like I have an energy tank we all have energy tanks but like Daryl Daryl I'm exhausted after about eight hours with Daryl because I can't <laughs> I cannot match his energy for a sustained period. And it's like, we were, we were together one day for like 14 hours, this concert. And I was, I was exhausted trying, but then like, I'd get these little bursts where he'd, he'd bring me back up and I'm like, yeah, you know, like I'd get back up there, but like, I just can't do it. Right. So, you know, I have, I have this idea in my head that like, I've got a fuel gauge and it's like, well, uh, you know, I can expend X amount of energy doing this stupid task. That's not important to my life. Or like I can, you know, make sure that, my things, my things I need to do around the house are taken care of, you know, then, then you get to, it's like you have an emotional tank too. And I think that's something that yeah. people need to remember about the workplace is that, you know, yeah, it's ideal to not let work, you know, take away from your emotional tank, but it's not likely. However, you can control how much you're willing to allow it to affect you. So it's like, listen, you can shit on me all day, but you're only getting 20% of my emotions. You know, that's yeah. it. You get 20%. Yeah. I'll give you 20% of feeling bad about this. And then that's it. You got to, you have to limit it. Otherwise you'll be sitting there at 10 o'clock at night thinking like, Oh, what did she think about me? What did that, what did, what did, what did that guy say yeah. about me when I was yeah. at the, there's so many people you have to balance. I remember yeah. being insecure in so many ways, small talk. Um, I'm really, for a while I was really bad at small talk because some people are up for it. Some people make you feel weird for starting a conversation. You know what I mean? Some people are just antisocial and like, it freaked me out for a while. And I, from my past, I keep a lot of people at a distance. And just recently in like the past year and a half or so, I really started to develop really meaningful friendships with people because I just always assumed the worst, you know what I mean? And I always just try to keep myself detached in some type of way. I know that's, that's really sad, but um, I wonder no, if people can relate to that. You know, you just always have your guard up in a lot of ways. Um, and at work, it was really hard to, to build bonds and, you know what I mean, come across as genuine when you constantly were thinking about, you know, how you're going to structure conversation and this and that. Kind of just picked myself apart there for a while. Yeah. How'd, how'd, how'd you overcome that? Go ahead. Um, you know, I was spoiled at NFL films with how many people truly cared about me. I was able to open up to a lot of people throughout a lot of different departments. They really embraced that I was different. They embraced that I was goofy. I've heard people use the phrase, they need to get their, their Rachel fix. Like they just need to come over for a joke or relax. And it's a real thing. Yeah, That's how Daryl is with me. Like I was, I was on a work trip and I needed some juice. I say, I need some juice. I call him up and I'm like, bro, come on, juice me up. Like I need it. And he did. And it's like, you know, like it just, you know, there's, there's some, there's special people that care. We, you know, we say we they carry a light with them in the world. And, you know, I could just from meeting you now, I can see that. And it's, um, yeah. When, when people, because most people are kind of living at a baseline, like they're, you know, and then there's some of us that are like, like Daryl, for example, who his baseline is like 14 Mountain Dews and like just, <laughs> you know, like his baseline's hard freedom to match. Dudes. Yeah. I podcast when you talked about the Freedom Dews. Have you had a Freedom oh, Dew? Yeah, dude. I can't wait for next July for more dude, Freedom Dew. Like freedom Dews, it's like the lifeblood of America, man. It's so good. It's so good. Right now, I'd be, I'd be drinking it. 50 flavors for 50 states. But it's it's hard it's hard to match that like I said before so like when 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 people are kind of just 
they're getting through their life and then they see somebody like you who's just passionate about being here and, and being excited to be a part of it, you know, that rubs off and makes people, uh, you know, want to be around you. One thing I really wanted to mention, especially for women, because I think a lot of them can relate, um, in my department, I, I don't know, I'm just like a different type of girl, you know, and I was always thinking like, man, I just don't, I just don't click, you know what I mean? I'm just not, I'm just not clicking with everybody, like, what is it? And I tried to change myself in little ways, like, throughout my time and just trying to see what worked and, you know, it didn't work. And then on top of that, I, I was found feeling empty a little bit because I was confused of who I am now. And man, me doesn't work. I'm not good enough. Like, am I, what's, what's wrong with me that some people aren't liking me, you know? And I think that's, that was so horrible. And then once I came back to terms with, I like me, you know, it all kind of found its way out. So it's funny how you try to find the ways to be your best self, but really it's, it's right here. You know what I mean? You just have to accept it. You know what I mean? That's, that's powerful shit right there. And I know, I know, I know people listening to this will be, will be able to relate to that. Um, switching gears here to something a little bit, a little bit lighter. Um, (laughs) I want to, I want to find out, you know, music is something that's really, uh, is an integral part of this podcast. You know, I'm a musician. I grew up, I grew up, uh, also, you know, knowing, Oh, Hey, I got to do something in music. Should I go to school to be a musician? Should I go to school to be a music teacher? No, I don't want to teach, you know, that kind of whole thing. Um, so I went through a whole different, uh, different routes to, to get where I wanted to be. And one route you took was that you auditioned for American Idol. So I know, I know you're a singer. I know you're, you're into it a little bit. So I, I'm just, I've always been curious, like what that process entails and how that went for you. Yeah. Um, I just want to start off by saying I, I, well, I remember playing guitar when I was nine years old. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was just excited to have one. <laughs> Grew up a little rough, so my first guitar was actually like a trash pick guitar, but I still have it, and it's awesome. That's great. Don't ever lo- Don't ever get rid of it. Right? I, I learned how to play because I had a, a poster of all the chords that I hung up on my wall. And I realized it shows you exactly where to put your fingers. Yep. So, you know, I'm not having money to go take guitar lessons. I taught myself, which was really cool. Um, started playing songs, uh, writing songs from the age of 11, and I was so excited to go to American Idol. I went when I was 16. It was something that me and my dad bonded doing. He was really excited to take me. And we camped out overnight around the building, and we were pretty close to the front of the line, but everyone had their guitars out and whatever they played, and just massive amounts of people sang the same songs together and just had fun. You didn't sleep. You couldn't sleep. You were just having so much fun. Someone would pick a song, pick up, start playing on their guitar, and everyone would join in. And it was just the craziest craziest experience with all these strangers. It was a really cool bonding moment. Nice. But uh, I auditioned up in East Rutherford, um, and we all kind of piled into, uh, I think it was the hockey, the hockey rank. And they kind of brought us down in sections. And you auditioned in front of these people that weren't the judges. They're just so like, it turns out you have to audition like four different times before you even make yeah. it to the live televised part. And I remember singing alongside three different people. They just give you 10 seconds and they go, they're kind of like laying back, you know, whatever, just go, you know, they're looking for, they're, they're probably looking for the extremes. Like how are you comically awful or incredibly talented? And if like <laughs> they put you in those two files and then they can figure out which, which show they're going to put you on. Yeah. So I sang third. One person sang, the next person sang, then it was my turn. And I was singing Amy Winehouse. She's one of my favorites. She is my favorite. And it was cool because the two people next to me were listening and the people sitting in the stands in the back were listening. And I was like, oh my God, I might have a shot. I, 
they didn't pick me. But it was kind of cool because as they cut my bracelet and cut, cut my hopes and dreams at the time. They really <laughs> nailed that home, too. You did great. Pick your head off. I was just crying. Clink. <laughs> That's a great visual. <laughs> it was all right. The voice was quicker rejection, so I appreciated that part of it. They really know how to just file you through. A simple no. Yeah, just a quick and simple no. A hard yeah, no. It was, it was a cool experience, you know? A little bit hope-crushing, but I made it through. I still sing. You- you got to tell us about the, the your your karaoke queen moments, uh, going around making that paper, oh paying for God. paying for your first car. This sounds like yeah, that sounds like it could be a movie, you Let's know, like a, a traveling karaoke. It's kind of like that. Uh, what was that? The the hustler, you know, like the the pool shark movie. It'd be like that, but you know, as she hustles karaoke. <laughs> well, it is kind of funny how it happened. Um, me and my dad kind of. We're just in for a while, and the way we came back together was when I was around 16, and we we just bonded over music. And my dad used to actually take me to different karaoke bars in South Jersey, and he'd sneak me in before like the cover, and like they checked your IDs and stuff. So somehow I was able to stay in these bars because I was just on the restaurant side or whatever, and I I karaoke do karaoke against like a lot of them were in their 40s and 50s. There was a lot of older people doing it but I'd win like a lot of the time and they'd be so mad, especially when I won the two tickets to Vegas. They were like, she can't even use those. They're yelling at me from the crowd. <laughs> it was so mean, but um, I cashed them in for $450. That's <laughs> awesome. Straight every man style, man. Give me them tickets. <laughs> I'll take the tickets. So you had some good winnings from there. What was your total uh, karaoke winnings? If you could, if you could estimate. Um, I'd say six hundred dollars. That's good. That's good yeah, numbers. Big numbers. And a big sum came from the Vegas thing, but my car was only seven hundred fifty bucks. That thing ran nice. forever. Craigslist charm. Well, I don't know what we're all still doing here. We should be we should be identifying karaoke competitions and uh, you know. <laughs> We'll go in as the ringers, and you know we'll we'll get that pot up, and then we'll no, dude, like brother Jay, like we like right before like Ray Ray came on, dude, like our skibbities are pretty good. We can yeah, skibbity. I've been working on my uh, I've been traveling a lot for work, so I've been working on my scat when I uh, when I drive. I'm, I'm a bit of a bit of an amateur scat man. Um, you know, I just had a thought about about your American Idol audition there, and it's two things. One. East Rutherford sounds like a much nicer place than it actually is. It's like East Rutherford, you know, but it's but it's East Rutherford. Um, so there's that. But two, being in the entertainment um, sphere or being involved in it or, or deciding that you want to get into it um, is one of the only things you can do to get the most amount of rejections you can possibly imagine. I have been getting told no, and I'm not good enough since I was... The, let me think of the first one was I was in ninth grade and um, I had my one of my first bands. We auditioned for the Bucks County Courier Times uh, talent show and Andy Weinberg, uh, who's still an editor there at the Courier Times. Uh, Andy, I'm, I still I'm still watching you, buddy. Uh, he told mm-hmm. me in an email that we weren't good enough. And that our band wasn't good enough. And I always held on to that, you know. And so, you know, thanks for the motivation, Andy. But, uh, but you know, when you when you decide that you want to put yourself in front of people, like, the, at first you're like, I just want to, I want to be an artist. I want to share my talent. And then you're like, no, no, no. And you just got to get like a thousand no's before you get one person who's like, uh, yeah, but I'm not paying you. 
and you're like, yes, that's a yes, you know, and then, and then you and then you just keep going, and then they're like, okay, yeah, but uh, yeah, fifty bucks, you know, like, and you just there's still going to be five hundred no's in between those two yeses, um, so it's not something for you know, it's not easy on your mental state, and you know, some of the guys, like, I mean, even the the biggest artists we've had on here, some of the the most talented musicians in the world touring today, they they've they, they have to deal with it too. It doesn't matter how big you get, there's going to be some person that's going to reject you and it's not a, it's, it's, it's not a reflection on you. So keep, keep at it. Yeah, man. Um, it's feeding your passions, which is so important because if you don't feed your passions, you're going to burn out. That's hundred percent process for all that. Absolutely. I agree Absolutely. there. So as we, as we get ready to wind down, I want to talk to you about gaming. So, um, yes. I know you said that you and your husband are gamers, you know, my girlfriend and I were big gamers like I, I've always been uh, a gamer since like some of my f- earliest memories were the original Nintendo um, and and growing up playing that with my brother and then uh, you know, I, it's like I think this like my generation of uh, gamer is gonna be like the first ones that play games video games like all through their life because they mm-hmm. had it like at the beginning and all the way through whereas like my brother he's a couple years older than me he got into it later and now he's out of it, you know, but like, you know, we were up there playing, we're playing through Arkham City right now again on, on the PC, um, which looks it's amazing. But uh, tell us a little bit about what kind of games you're into and how you kind of were like, you know what, fuck it, I don't care what people think about me. I'm a gamer. Tell me about Shit. that. Um, when I was younger, I played Sega a lot. I was so into Sega. Sega! Um, and then I was... <laughs> Oh my goodness. We got to get that Sonic <laughs> coin sound on here. Predictable gamer. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So I guess, like, I don't know. I guess it's not a predictable. I was more of a plain gamer, I think, as things progress. I played Halo, Call of Duty, you know, all the mainstream games. Did you so play really Echo the Dolphin? Too much. What'd you say? Echo the Dolphin. Did you play that on Sega? Echo the Dolphin? Yeah. Hell yeah, bro. That's a yeah. fucking classic. Where are all the dolphin games? <laughs> we don't have any dolphin games anymore. Dude, man, Echo the Dolphin, Midnight Resistance, Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic and Knuckles, man, Sonic and Knuckles. Kid Fire Chameleon. Was my favorite game of all time. Okay. Yes, man. Kid Which Chameleon? Was? What? I'm sorry, Rachel. What was your favorite game? Fire of the Dragon on PlayStation. Oh, classic. Oh, have have yeah. you played the remaster? A little bit. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. So you're so you're a basic gamer, is what you're saying. You're a Call of Duty. I was. Okay. You know, now I'm starting to experiment in other types of games. Now you're getting into that weird I, shit, huh? You know, I remember being at work one time and we were doing something that partnered up with Fortnite. And my boss was like, "Does anybody know about this new Fortnite game? Like my nine-year-old son's playing." And I, I just couldn't <laughs> raise my hand. Actually, it's. I could tell you everything about it. Um, it's not a shooter. It is a battle royale. <laughs> exactly. So I just kind of kept quiet at that moment. But, man, I am pretty good at Fortnite. I'm getting better with my builds. DC, we still have to play together. But oh. Oh. See, I couldn't. I tried. Like, last summer, I really, really tried to get into it. And my, my girlfriend is much better at it than I am. And she, because she's more patient. Like, I'm not. I can't. I don't like the whole. I don't know. It's, it's a little too much. I tried. I'm a big Call of Duty fan. You know, I play a ton of that. Um, so I got into the Blackout, which is kind of their battle royale mm-hmm. thing. But they lose me with the building. And then, like, I'm coming up against these kids, and the next thing you know, they're like... 
and they've got this like 50 fucking foot tower and i and i'm just getting shotgunned like in the face and it's like and then I, and then i got some kid like you know teabagging my character in the game and it's like it's the fucking it's like the worst it's like well this wasn't even a little fun you know it's not even there's no fun for me here so like uh so i've i've been avoiding the fortnite so you're you're pretty heavy on fortnite yeah um Whenever we play with some of our friends that play on PC, that allows other PC gamers to kind of link up in it. And oh my God, I swear building just seems easier. I don't know, but they do exactly what you're talking about before you know it. They're 12 stories above you and you just give up. You start dancing. So at least when you yeah. die, you do it in a great way. Are, are you more yeah, a PC go. gamer? A PC gamer? Is that, is that what you do mostly in PC gaming? Um, so I play mostly console, but I have started to play some PC games. I kind of want to try out some of these games that are adaptable to PC, but I haven't done it yet. But I have started to play like Diablo. Oh, is, see, you're getting, yeah, there you go. That's yeah. super nerdy. Like that's next level. I'm like doing different builds with my gear and they mm -hmm. have different purposes and they have to match. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I went there doing dungeons and stuff. Raids. That's awesome. Loot. Yeah. See, I was big into world of Warcraft. Um, you know, in high school, I, I had some some seriously long days playing that. And then I broke free of it, and now it's back. Um, it's like World of Warcraft, World of Warcraft Classic, and they they basically just like remastered the original game, and uh, they've got they've caught my eye. So I think I'm gonna have to jump back in there. But it's like the same deal where you're, you're building your night elf, and you know you're getting all your armor plating, and it's good stuff. It really keeps you. It keeps me out of trouble. Well, I'll tell you this, how, how you guys feel when kids build those 50-foot forts in front of your face and murder you, that's how I feel when I play fucking Brother Jay over here and he's got, he's got, he's on Mortal Kombat and he's, or Justice, Injustice and he's like the Flash and he oh, yeah. fate, does a fatality by taking me back in time and blowing my body up and then coming back to the present like, oh, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, I get, we get, we get on these little, I, I tend to get like really into something for like a zero, like it'll be like a 90 day period, but I'll go from like having no awareness this thing exists to like day 88, I'm like a PhD in it, you know? And Mortal Kombat, unfortunately, Daryl caught me at like, you know, day 76 of a Mortal Kombat phase. And it was just, yeah, it was just, oh, it was like not. a bloodbath. And they have this like, thing. He's like in the top percentile of the game. It's like ridiculous. Well, they, yeah, Online. so they, they have this thing now called ta uh, combat towers where it's like, they're, they're challenge towers and you have to fight your way all the way through it and you have to do certain things to increase your score and I noticed that it, there was a thing that's like it's like a weekly competition so it tells you like your your rank out of all of the Mortal Kombat players so once I saw that I just got obsessed and for a week we got into the top 0.1 percentile <laughs> like we were like we were like the f 400th ranked person in the world at this so fucking I never play with you i'm a sore loser so if i think i'm gonna lose going into it with games i'm like you know what no okay. wait, wait. silence like, justin beat me so bad i was laughing at myself so I like, <laughs> you, you beat so bad like yeah, yeah my body impaled great All but, right. but with gaming it's like once you're done like you take two days off it's over it's gone like there's now there's some there's some 15 year old who's who's you know taken up my mantle and he's he's well beyond my my uh, wildest imagination now. So that's why, you know, right now it's Madden and you know I'm getting ready for a new Call of Duty and uh, you know Batman Arkham City is great. Um, just started getting into the PC gaming. It's a, it's like a whole other world of uh, complicated shit. <laughs> yeah.
It really is, so man. Brazen Naga, Brazer Naga mouse with all the buttons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got the little programmable. It's like LED. I can change the colors. Just and... looking out for you. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, we got it. We got, <laughs> we got that RGB mouse, that LED mouse. <laughs> So what what does uh, what does the future hold for you, Rachel? What do you what are you looking to accomplish? You know, in your professional life, what do you what do you kind of want to do? Uh, you know, in your personal life, what what do you have coming down the pike? Hmm. Um, I have this tattoo that I got when I was eighteen, and my mom freaked out. She didn't want me to get it, but I told her, "Mom, I'm getting it. I just need your input. What's something that just describes me?" And she said, "You never, ever, ever settle." And for that reason, I got Never Settle written in Italian on my chest. Nice. And it's something that I am always conscious of. I know when I'm settling. I know when there's some growth to be made. I know when I have to make my next move. Um, I, I think that myself and everybody's potential is limitless. It just depends on how much you want to feed into it. And from my experiences, being pushed in so many directions where I, you know, I think I finally found my place and then, you know, God decides that's not where I'm meant to end up and pushes me in another direction. I find that in every failure that I think it is at the time, there's more opportunity. And I think that right now I'm in a really good place with this company where I'm learning an incredible amount that I wouldn't have learned otherwise. I think what my future is going to be for a while is I'm just gonna keep looking for those new companies that are willing to put their trust in me and to give me that time. And um, I don't know, I, I hope to settle down and have a full-time job at some point so I can start a family, you know what I mean? There's a lot of relaxation, at least I feel, um, being full-time rather than being freelance. So I think my future is just gonna be kicking some butt. Yeah. Things, making myself even more valuable, being proud of myself and then you know, having a family and, you know, having a job that I really, really enjoy and just being happy. Yeah. That's what it's all about. That sounds like yeah. a good plan. Now, last question here for you as we wrap up, and I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit. What advice do you have for the young every woman or the every man yeah. um, who is, you know, maybe unsure of who they are or, or what they're going to be um, and how they're going to get there? What, what advice would you have for that young every woman? So in my advice for every man or every woman would be to trust the process, as simple of a statement as that is. Um, if you keep working hard, of course, you're going to question why things are happening or why things aren't happening, but you can't let that defeat you because there's a reason for everything. And as long as you make sure that you're putting in the work and you're putting in the time and you can lay your head on your pillow every night and know that you gave it your best, it's all going to work out. It's only a matter of time. And if you have to wait longer, you'll eventually know why it took so long and just keep grinding. And no one's better than you. There's always a comparison factor to everything you do. You're always comparing yourself to other people. No one's better than everyone. Treat everyone with respect, no matter what, no matter if you get it. Respect people, work hard, and win it the old-fashioned way. You could start a bunch of tears below people. You know, I, I grew up in a harder atmosphere, but there's no excuse. There's no excuse. Make it happen because you only get one life to do so. Rachel, that's well said. Yeah. Perfect. Mic Could, drop. Couldn't, couldn't say it any better myself. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us on the Everyman Podcast. Thanks, Ray, Ray. Thanks for having me. It's been a true pleasure. We're, we're definitely going to have you back on. And uh, keep on the grind. Thanks, guys.